Hello, I'm Courtney Garrett, and this is the 101 Christianity Podcast. These messages accompany Discovering the Character of God, a 14-week Bible study I wrote on the attributes of God, which is available on Amazon. I pray this message will encourage you as you grow in your understanding of God's character. The character of God is a heady topic. Who are we to come and think that we could know more or know God at all? He is so different from us. He is perfect and infinite and without any flaw, without any sin. And we are sinners and we're broken and we're flawed and we are in desperate need of him. So how can we know him? And the beauty of our Lord is that he has made himself known, that he is noble and desires for us to know him. And that is such a gift and it is a privilege to be able to have a relationship with the perfect God because of what Jesus did for us. So before we jump into this introduction, I want to talk briefly about my philosophy of teaching. I want to be really clear with you all. I have one goal when we come together, and that is to teach you and clearly communicate the truth of God's word. That is my only goal. I want to do my very best to teach what I feel like is, is God's word. I could work really hard each week to entertain you and to tell some hilarious jokes and to give you some riveting illustrations and to get you to think I'm really smart and really clever and really just to get you to like me. Um, but I love you too much, even though I don't know some of you. I love you too much to do that because... I don't want you to walk away with a few nuggets to get you through the rest of your day. I don't want you to leave here feeling inspired. We must all approach the Bible study because we have a desperate need to encounter the living God through his living word and be changed by it. And that's my goal. That is my desire. And so while I might give you a hope, a helpful illustration here and there, and I like to laugh, so we're going to laugh. But I am not here to entertain you and to take you on your merry way because I don't want to give you candy. Candy's great. Candy's fun. I like sweet tarts. I like all kinds of candy, but candy does not nourish you. Candy is fun every now and then, but it's not going to give you what you really need when life gets rough. We need something sure to stand on. And so I just want to get that off my chest. And if you want to leave, you can just enter that way. Nobody's looking. We all just carry on. But I've wanted to say that kind of thing in this sort of context for a while. And I just want you to know that I'm with you and love you. And I desire so much for you to know the truth and for me to know the truth and us to be changed by it. So this study on the character of God seeks to, um, to answer, to kind of unpack the questions, who is God, and what is he like, and how can we know? A few years ago, I wrote a study called 101, Exploring the Basics of the Christian Faith, and that study is designed, was designed and is designed to create building blocks of the faith, to explore 10 different aspects 
of the most basic things about our faith. The first chapter in that study is on the attributes of God, and it was a bird's eye view, just a just the broadest, in the broadest terms, how we could talk about God. And the feedback that I got was that we needed more there. And I was so happy to hear that because I'm really passionate about this topic because I feel like a lot of us may have grown up in the church or maybe have not grown up in the church. But this is so foundational that if we do not know intimately who our Lord is, we're going to have some, it's going to be a big missing piece in trying to understand the whole scope of scripture. And so that's why I feel real strongly about this, this topic. So the next several weeks, we're going to dive deeply into six characteristics of God. We see throughout the Bible, we see this in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. God Call, he tells, he communicates to us, this is who he is. And it's not just in one verse here or there. It's in many verses throughout scripture. So the attributes of God or the character of God are ways to categorize aspects of his character that we can really understand more of who he is. And so that's what we're going to try to do. So today I want to give you three things that a study of God's character will do three things that a study of God's character will do. It's going to help us to form a proper identity. It's going to provide a steady anchor in the course of life, and it's going to grow us into spiritual maturity. Help you form a proper identity, provide a steady anchor in the course of life, and grow us into spiritual maturity. So how does a study of the character of God help us form a right identity? I want you to think for a second about how many commercials you have seen lately uh, from Ancestry.com. I mean, all the time, right? And those commercials are so interesting because it usually is some powerful, moving testimonial about someone who was convinced that they were Irish and they really have roots in South America or something, you know, and then there's, at the end, they're all joined together, I didn't know, these were my people, and, you know, I thought my red hair was from there, and this and that, and it's just interesting, so, so why do we care about our, our ancestry? It's a good question, I think we do want to know where we came from, we want to know what country our ancestors were from, who they were, what their culture was like, why we look like we do, I'm convinced that I have French roots, do you feel that way too? Like, you, I love all things French, so I mean, surely there's some connection there that would explain it. So I happened to see one of those commercials on Sunday, and at the very end of the commercial, the woman said, I'm so grateful. I feel more connected to who I am. And I was just thinking, that's so interesting. She feels more connected to who she is. So there's, there has been a lot said in recent years about belonging and being truly known and, and feeling connected and finding your tribe. In the end, we all crave an identity. We all crave belonging. And so is it possible that so many of these questions and this desire to understand our, for instance, our ancestry, which is not a bad thing, by the way, but I'm just in the bigger picture is it possible that those questions are trying to answer a deep need we all have to really know the one who created us? The one who knit us together in our mother's womb. 
the one who knows the number of hairs on your head, the one who has numbered your days, the one that can perceive your thoughts from afar, knows when you rise and when you sit, the one that stores every tear in his bottle. Isn't that what we really want? Is to be known and loved and accepted by the one who made us. John Calvin, the reformer, famously said, without a true knowledge of God, there's no true knowledge of self. Without true knowledge of God, there is no true knowledge of self. So identity, as we think about it, one definition I found that's so interesting is the quality or condition of being the same as something else. So as we are united with Christ, when we come to Christ, we are united with Christ. And you hear that type of terminology often in church. It is something we really need to understand. When we come to Christ, we are united with him. We have a changed identity. The old is gone. The new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. You're new because Christ made you new. He forgave your sins, and you're now united with him. We share in his destiny. We share in his identity. At the heart of what it means to be a Christian is to receive a new identity. And in Jesus, we don't lose our true selves. We become our true selves only in him. Because let me tell you what, out there the world is so ready to tell you who you are. The, the world is so ready to give you an identity other than being in Christ. So if we don't know who we are in Christ, I can tell you you can drive to your closest Barnes and Noble and go and walk up and down and find all kinds of answers in the self-help section to help you get connected to who you are. We've got to know who we are in Christ and who our, what our identity is. C.S. Lewis at the end of Mere Christianity, when he's kind of pulling that whole hard book. It was hard for me. I don't know if it's hard for you, but it was hard for me. But at the end, I was like, I'm getting it. He says, your real new self will not come as long as you are looking for it. It will come when you're looking for him. So if we just try to go inward all the time and try to feel, figure out who we are and all these, get connected to our emotions and everything, we're not going to find out who we are. Who we are is found in knowing our Savior and our Maker. So the, the study of the character of God will help us to form a proper identity. The second thing it will do is it will provide a steady anchor in the course of life. So on the cover of your study, it, you'll see it says, discovering the character of God, and behind it there's an anchor, and that's on purpose. So we need to think, what does an anchor do? What is the purpose of an anchor? An anchor is a device that keeps you firmly planted in a single place. It's a heavy metal object that is connected by a rope or a chain, and when it's dropped to the bottom of a lake or the floor of a sea or, well, it wouldn't be a really, I mean, it'd be a long, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so, but when it's dropped, it's going to hold you steady. The anchor does not prevent what's going on on top of the water, does it? It doesn't impact, it doesn't affect, it doesn't have anything to do with, it doesn't inform what's going on up top. But what it does is it keeps the boat tethered to a secure place. What a knowledge of God does 
is it holds you in a steady place. We are all in a boat today. I don't know what your waters look like. You might have some smooth waters right now. Glory be to God. You might be in some bumpy waters. You might be feeling like you are in a hurricane, a tropical depression. It's pretty applicable today. I don't know, but we're all in a boat. And if we are not tethered to Christ, we are going to drift off to who knows where. We could wreck. We could turn over. We're not going to be secure. But when we are tethered to Christ, instead of saying when things get rough, how could this happen? We can say, Lord, you are all-knowing and, and sovereign. This is not a surprise to you. How can I trust you in this? We don't have to say, where is God in this? We can say, he has promised me that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He has me in the palm of his hand. Do you see the difference? When we have this knowledge of God, we can rest in this anchor of hope and trust in him. Because what's good is when we already know this, what we know trumps what we feel. What we know can trump what we feel because we feel all kinds of stuff. In your boat, if your boat is in rocky water right now, you might feel seasick. You might feel like it's never going to end. You might feel like you're in a whirlwind that will not stop. But if you know that you can rely on your true anchor, you're gonna, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And we're going to be more than okay because he promises us peace in the midst of all of that. Personally, on a, just on a personal note, our boat has been rocked around a lot the last few years. And I know that I speak for a lot of you all with that. We have been through all the floods. We've enjoyed that. And some of you all may have too. And we have relocated and we have packed and unpacked and packed and unpacked. I don't even know. I lost count. In the course of those years, we adopted our son. Our oldest son had his second heart surgery. My dad had a lung transplant. And I'm not sitting there going, and another thing. But I'm just saying, these are the things that have happened. And I know that this is a lot of your story, too, about if you said, well, let me tell you what's happened the last three years to me. And I would just say, sit down, let's talk about it. And I would love to say that I have come through this season and I've killed, and I've killed it. That I just looked, had my eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, and I just, just didn't waver. Instead, I will tell you, I repeatedly blew it. I got frustrated with our builder. I found out the depths of my impatience and discovered I have a new level of griping, complaining, and whining. And yet, and yet, but God, right? In these last few years, when I have stopped to recall, when I have gotten myself in a frenzy, when I've stopped to recall who God is in the midst of all this, that none of this is an accident, none of this is a surprise, I've been able to get, get myself out of myself for just long enough to turn my eyes upon Jesus, and like, the, like the, the hymn says, and the things of this world grow strangely dim when we turn our eyes upon Jesus. He has been faithful. He has stayed the same. He has been good. 
and a provider and in every way amazing. And so why do we forget in the middle of, of some of the things that we're going through that he can be depended on? And so I need this study right along with you because we have a problem. We have amnesia. We remember these things. We can, we can say yes and amen when we're in the midst of all this. And then we walk out the door, and sometimes we forget to connect the dots, don't we? We can say, yes, this is so good. This is great. And then we lose it because the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. And so we have to go back to these things again and again and again. We never graduate from trying to understand the character of God. And so... A character of God will help provide, the study of a character of God will help provide an anchor in the course of life. The third thing, a study of the character of God will help us grow into spiritual maturity. And as I mentioned, we are forgetful people. Like I said, we can easily sit in a Bible study and learn new things year after year. But what we have to do is connect with our heads to our hearts, to our hands. We have to do all of these things. We can't just sit year after year in Bible study just learning more things. We have to wrestle with it enough that we really get it so that we can live it out. We have to be able to connect what is true about God to our circumstances. And you know what this will do is it will keep us from what somebody I know calls an OBC. Has anybody heard the term OBC? It means old baby Christian. (laughs) Sit with that for a minute. What is an OBC? An OBC is someone who fails to grow into the deeper things of God. An OBC is someone who trusts him only when the sun is shining and you've got smooth waters, but fails to apply what they know when life gets rough. I don't want that for you, and I don't want that for me. And it can happen, ladies. It can happen. We can do our Bible study like a good Christian is supposed to do it, but we cannot. We can fail to grow into maturity. And let me tell you what maturity looks like for me personally. At the end of the day, most of the things we wrestle with can, can be solved, and these are day-to-day things, can be solved by remembering who God is, what he has done for us, and who we are in him. Who God is, what he has done for us, and who we are in him. What a mature believer does is able to, when things are kind of getting rough, comes back to those things. Okay, who's God in this? What has Christ done for me on the cross? And who am I in him? If we can remember those things, that keeps us from being stunted in our growth and being an old baby Christian. This is spiritual maturity. So a couple of things I want us to think about to help us apply what we're learning. These are just some things that I thought would, will hopefully be helpful. In your, in your study, so there's an anchor on the front, I want you to think of each of these attributes as, as small anchors. They're powerful but small, meaning each of these these attributes has a little symbol that we have, the graphic design. 
graphic designers are just amazing. They bless me so much. But they've come up with these great symbols. Those symbols are there on purpose. Don't miss that. So in each chapter, there's going to be a symbol. For instance, for omniscience, omniscience for God is all-knowing, there's an eye. The eye is to help us remember God sees everything and he knows everything. So when you go throughout your study and you're coming across verses where you see the omniscience of God, you can draw a little eye in your margin of your Bible so I can remember that's where God's showing me his omniscience. Or when God shows his holiness, there's a flame. You can draw a little flame. These are a way for us to visually connect what we're learning about God. If you have children in, in the um, children's ministry, they're going to be learning these things too. So you're going to be able to talk to them about, about that as well. Another way where we're going to hopefully be able to apply what we're learning is in the last part of your study each week, there is a, an exercise, and it's going to say hymn for meditation. Some of you may have grown up singing hymns, some of you may not have, but hymns were designed a long time ago. Many of them were written as devotional poems. In our day and age, poetry is kind of a hard thing for us. I, I don't know why it is, but we're just not used to sitting down and reflecting on some poetry with a glass of, or a cup of tea or something. So we just don't do that. Uh, I think before TV, there was a lot more reading that happened, don't you think? So we don't do it very much, but let me tell you what I feel like is the benefit of this, and so you will not skip over it, so you won't be like, well, da-da-da-da-da, gone. I feel like what this will do, and this is based on some research that Dr. Kurt Thompson, who wrote a book called Anatomy of the Soul, so fascinating. When you read poetry, what it does is it fires up your right brain and your left brain. And as you do that, it connects what you know with your emotions. And they say that this creates like new neural pathways in your brain. I mean, blows my mind. I don't know how that works. But what I do know is that there's a reason that when we sing, we are connected to an emotional level with the Lord because we're singing truth. And so don't miss that time to just reflect on those words. Slow yourself down. I have not given you a lot of homework each week. And so what I want you to do is do your lesson and then meditate on it through the rest of the week. If you do your lesson on the earlier side, think about it as you go. Save that hymn for another day and then just use that just in, in some quiet time to reflect on it. Underline phrases and words that help you to understand that attribute in a new and a different way. So I'm hopeful that that will help as well. So next week we are going to start with the Trinity and I want to say a word about that. So the Trinity is not actually a, an attribute or a characteristic of God. It is who God is, literally, who God is. And I feel so strongly about us having that foundation that it has to be first. Because if we don't have a proper understanding of the Trinity, none of the rest of us is going to make sense. It's very easy to be like, well, God was one way in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came. And is he a different guy? Or is he, he is God, but he's not God? And then I don't even know what to do with the Holy Spirit. And so we have to have a proper framework for understanding who God is. Because the Trinity reflects all of these attributes as well. So we're going to start with that. You might, it's a, little, it's a little more challenging because it's something that is hard for us to understand. In seminary, there was a whole class, a whole course on the Trinity. Can you imagine? 
a whole course on the Trinity. But that's how important it is for us to understand. So we're going to start there. And then we're going to go into God's holiness and his justice. These are some of the more challenging attributes for understanding because we are so different than God. Stick with it. These are necessary building blocks for us to get onto some other ones. So as you go, if there's if you've got questions, great. Talk about them in your small group. Let's let's wrestle with each other as we look at those questions. And so, what does a study of the character of God help us with? It helps us to have a proper identity. It helps us to have an anchor throughout the course of life. And it also helps us grow into spiritual maturity. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for all of us as we seek to know more about who he is. Let me, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much that you have given us your word, that you have given us the truth. Your word is, is alive and active. And we're so thankful that we can know you through it and we can be changed by it. Lord, we come to you as women who desire to be changed and you want to do a unique work in each of us throughout the course of our study. So, Lord, would you meet us in very specific, personal ways? Would you teach us more of who you are as we look at your word? Would your word become more alive than it has been maybe for some of us in a long time? I pray, Lord, that we would also be able to connect what we know about you down into our hearts, into our hands, that we can live it. Lord, the world is dark and lost and we can be salt and light, not because of who we are, but because of who we are in you. So, Lord, I pray that you would use our time together, use our quiet time, just you and us, as we study your word, Lord. And I pray that we would be more conformed to the image of your Son. And it's in his precious, holy, righteous name that we pray. Amen. For more information about our resources, please visit 101christianity.com. And for more encouragement, you can follow along on Instagram at Courtney underscore Garrett underscore. Let's press on as we seek to know the truth and share the truth.